Hi friends, welcome to this walkthrough of Article 5, Deacons. What do the proposed revisions to the bylaws have to say about deacons? You can find this information on page 24. Article 5, Deacons. This is a, a rather significant and substantial revision that we are recommending the church consider. Deacons serve by assisting the elders in support of the ministry of the church. This idea that deacons are assistants or servants to the elders comes out of our study of, of that word and how Paul uses it, especially in 1 Timothy chapter 3. We want to clarify as a church that there are two offices, elder and deacon. Deacon is the second church office, and Paul describes it for us in 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 8 to 13. There's no requirement in the scriptures to have to have deacons. And the reason we say that is that we are aware of churches in the book of Acts who only have elders but don't have deacons. Or maybe at a later time, they get deacons. We also know that in Paul's letter to Titus, as he went to the island of Crete and the churches there, Paul said, ordain elders, establish elders. But he didn't say establish elders and deacons. So deacons are really important for a healthy, vibrant church that's going to sustain itself and continue on. But they're not required. A New Testament church doesn't have to have deacons. And so that's why we say here that the number of deacons will be determined by the number of qualified members appointed to the office. Not that we have to have deacons. Lord willing, we do. We want good deacons. We're serving elders and the church and the Lord. So what about deacons' qualifications, appointment, and term? This is one of the significant changes that we want to recommend that, that we as a church consider that deacons must be a member who meets the biblical qualifications set forth in 1 Timothy 3. This is really the, the big thing that, that's not present in our current consideration of deacons. So let's consider those, those character qualifications there. Let's consider that a deacon's household matters and how they relate to their spouse and their children and how they manage or steward their home. Deacons will, of course, be appointed to uh, the procedures as set forth in Article 3 on nominations. They can be removed as well. And just like elders, a deacon may serve consecutive three-year terms exclusive of partial terms. Now, I'm going to make a note here. We are not putting anything in the bylaws that, that says deacons must be male. We're not saying anything here about whether women can serve in the office of deacon. We, we recognize as a free church that there are brothers and sisters in Christ who have different positions on the question of gender qualifications for deacons. And we don't want to divide over that. So we're not going to formalize it in our bylaws. At the same time, uh, we recognize that uh, a group of elders may have uh, uniformity uh, upon their convictions, and that a church may be uh, particularly persuaded to, to operate in one way and only consider that men may be deacons or they might all 
be persuaded that no men and and women can be deacons, and so we we leave it up to the church to figure it out uh, over time and where they're at. But we don't want to formalize that in our bylaws. What about the duties and responsibilities of deacons? I'm on page twenty five now. Under the oversight of the elders, uh, the deacons will assist the elders. Uh, in general, they'll be uh, servants at large. They're not going to be uh, designated to one particular area of, of service or assistance. Though that said, the elders might direct or delegate or uh, help deacons to be an agent over a particular area. Um, but they won't, even if, say, someone was, uh, uh, you know, Greg is a great example. Here's an individual who uh, is, is financially capable and he's served uh, in, in these ways in the past. And he might continue to do that into the days ahead if he, if he so chooses and is interested. And uh, we, we uh, appoint him to this position of deacon. But we would be asking Greg, for instance, to not just serve as a deacon who helps us with our finances, but to be a deacon in general who helps broadly as a deacon and then specifically helps us with our finances. The deacons will help to, to manage and disperse the benevolence fund. Uh, they'll, they'll work in tandem with the elders with regards to the budget and to handling large expenditures throughout the year. And then deacons likewise, just as elders, if they need to create a ministry team, well then they should be able to do that. So that they can, can have those teams that have a specific purpose, lifespan, termination, uh, to, to accomplish something. One of the things I said in the introduction about the bylaws and our doctrine of church is that deacons are doers. And so when it comes to meetings, we don't want to confine deacons to, to having to meet, to having to deliberate. They're, they're doers. We want to free them up to go and serve and make things happen, get things done. We don't want to confine them to uh, giving reports at the meetings. We, we've heard a lot of feedback over the years that Oh, well, I don't really know if I want to be a deacon because I don't want to have to talk and, and give a report and I have to be present for that. Uh, so we want to make sure that that's not prohibiting someone from serving. Again, deacons do. Um, so deacons can organize themselves. Uh, the elders, uh, or they might designate this to the deacons to pick from amongst themselves. Pick a deacon chairman. That way there is somebody who is designated as kind of the point person. Uh, and that'll that'll be involved with the elders will, will work hand in hand with the deacon chairman and that might be the means by which we we work with the deacons and that deacon chairman will represent the deacons to the body when we do gather for meetings and then they can call the meetings as they see fit well that's the run through of article 5 deacons uh, again i hope this is helpful and thanks for taking the time to listen